Hello, and welcome to Pressing Matters, a podcast talking about what matters most to WordPress developers and WordPress business owners. Your hosts are Ian. Hello. And Jack. Hello. Ian's a plugin author, website owner, and developer working with Delicious Brains. And Jack's a plugin author and runs WordPress agency made with fuel. And now, on with the show. Hello, welcome to this week's episode of Pressing Matters. Hey, Jack. Hey, Dan. Yeah, I'm good, thanks. Yeah, uh, I've yeah. had an incredibly busy couple of weeks. Um, still working on the same site that I mentioned in my last thing, but it's more or less done, and I'm on to like, the next one. So yeah, it's, um, it's, been, it's been busy, that pre-Christmas kind of crunch uh, going on, which has been quite stressful, but um, it's more or less all kind of cooling down now. It's my last day. I'm going to do like a half day tomorrow, which is a Thursday before Christmas week. Um, and my uh, co-working space is having their Christmas party tomorrow night as well. So that's usually quite a nice, uh, fun thing to do. And there's a lot of us as well. We're trying to find a venue for like between 150, 200 people, um, especially in like a place like Bath. It's actually quite difficult. So they're usually pretty, pretty big, fun things. So, um, so yeah, I look forward to that. That's a sizable co-working space, like the amount of people it, going to the party. It is, yeah. I mean, there aren't that many people in at any one time because you've got people like myself are going like once a week. So you don't see, you don't always see the same people or you see, you know, sort of different people on a daily basis and stuff. And there's some people that are even just the kind of old members that kept their membership. They never come in because they like the space and they want to support it, that kind of thing. So there's, there's lots of people there really. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but that, and I've been designing my garden office in SketchUp now. Uh, which is going well um it's it's all coming along it's just it feels like it's coming along really slow but it's probably going along a lot quicker than i think it is uh, and basically my plan is to start building as first as quickly as i can at the beginning of january um so uh so yeah so that's that's good but yeah i'm just waiting for work to finish and then uh, i can concentrate on on christmas and stuff which will be nice to have some time off um how about yourself yeah, similar to you, I've just been trying to clear lots of lots of little jobs that are kind of mounting up um, at this time of the year. I definitely feel like I want to knock a lot of things off the to-do list and kind of finish the year on a high. Um, but I've also been yeah, working on the Delicious Brain stuff. Um, I've been writing a lot of blog posts, mainly about Gutenberg and the block editor, and I've been trying to sit down and turn an existing plugin that I've got with a short code into a block. Um, mm trying to document that process as well uh yeah and just some odd stuff like our woocommerce site that we run uh, that we used to run our um selling of the plugins on deliciousframes.com it's just some weird bugs like that people are finding and even members of the team are finding like suddenly having a checkout and your cart is full of 36 products and we don't, you know, like renewals and just some strange oddities that, you know, when you go down that rabbit hole of having to track down, um, yeah, bugs that you get into the internals of even WooCommerce itself. And yeah, it's just interesting times as usual, but absolutely. Yeah. How's, how's that block converting a shortcode to a block going? Well, yeah, I say that it's, it got to the state. So I'm trying to, um, do it and write a blog post at the same time about it just to kind of go through the process um, and it was doing it the other evening I got to the stage of the, the, the tools that are there already to you know create a block um, and 
so I've used I've used WPCLI at the moment to scaffold a block and it creates the JavaScript files, the CSS files, and creates a PHP file to register your block and all of that stuff. But mm-hmm. I haven't gone any further than that purely because so the plugin is is a Trello integration. It's a free plugin on .org. It's nothing fancy, but it just displays um, cards in like an unordered list on your site from a certain um, Trello list on on a specific board. Um, mm-hmm. And the way it, the shortcode used to work before was you, you basically have to use the plugin settings page to say, right, well, I want to display cards from this list but I need to go and get the list ID and I need the board ID and all of this business. So it would have like a little API helper that says drop down, which is the boards you want it from, which is the list. Oh, and here's the, the ID that you're going to actually have to put in your shortcode, which as a user, it's a completely rubbish user, user experience. So the block, I'm looking forward to the block taking away some of that because, you know, you can configure the block and say, right, well, I want this board. I want this um, cards from this list. Um, and that's saving your your block settings, and then it will obviously dynamically pull the data when it gets displayed. So mm-hmm. replacing the shortcode would be amazing, but uh, you know it's not so much of a task of just to create the block; it's create the block and then um, do the how do you do dynamic select boxes, passing in data from right where you're connected to Trello as this user. So go and get all your boards in one drop down and then depending on what you select on that drop down show like the the name of the lists on from this board that you selected in the next drop down so trying to do that as well as part of learning to do gutenberg blocks and react it's it's probably slow progress but i'm sure in a in a few months time or weeks time maybe i'll have um a blog post about it mm. so yeah, yeah that's, no it sounds interesting but we were talking before about you well, WooCommerce and using that to sell plugins on deliciousbrains.com. So I thought, why don't we talk about e-commerce plugins for this episode? Because um, I'm sure we've both done some sites, um, some e-commerce sites, and we both obviously sell our plugins. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Should we get into it? Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So um, you use WooCommerce on Delicious Brains, is that right? Yeah, so we've got WooCommerce and we've got the WooCommerce software add-on and software subscriptions add-on that for, for a long time we've kind of ended up, I think they were third-party plugins, but we've now just sort of taken them over into our code base and we build on top of them and we we don't actually sort of do an update. Um, so they're now kind of heavily customized mm-hmm. um, because... It, it, you know it works for us and we, we we add in all of the extra functionality we need but it's not it's not perhaps that ideal um and yeah and even like so for my own plugins i think i mentioned this another time i use a it's a third-party service a bit like gumroad called Cellwire, where you basically create an account and um create a file upload the zip and then you just have a link for people to buy it using PayPal or Stripe. So, and I just have that that purchase link embedded in my um, WordPress site for the Integrate um, plugin. But the only reason I'm using that is because I've historically used it, and um, I used to uh, work with a guy called Gilbert Pellegrom, who actually bizarrely now works for Delicious Brains. But he built Cellwire many moons ago when he was selling his Nevo Slider plugin. 
Um, oh yeah. I started, I started using Cellwire to sell Integrate, and then we ended up working together. I ended up working on Cellwire because it was it's a code igniter PHP app, pretty horrible and old school now. But um, and then when he at one point wanted to just to to sell Cellwire, get rid of it because it wasn't something he used anymore. Um, I decided to acquire it off him and carry on development because I was using it to sell my plugin and it was a lot easier in my mind to sort of buy it for a quite a cheap price from him, keep you building it and using it than to have to migrate all of my customers to, I guess at the time, easy digital downloads would have been the option. Um, and yeah, I just went for the, the path of least resistance of uh, continuing to use Cellwire. But the, yeah, I mean, if I was to sell plugins now, what would I, or what, what would I use? I mean, EDD or Easy Digital Downloads is the, the perhaps the biggest and well-known um, e-commerce thing for digital downloads. And you use that right for better notifications? I do, yeah. I mean, to me, it was a bit of a no-brainer to use that one um, because it was a, a plugin that I'd used on a couple of client sites before. But just that I knew that I was only ever going to be, well, I, I, as far as I know, I still will only be selling digital products. So it seemed like something... Uh, a plugin that specializes in that was the the right way to go and the more i sort of investigated it for my own purposes and sort of you know previous experience i thought yeah this is this is what i should use and um i have i have used it and i've never looked back I, I can honestly say i've never looked back i um occasionally i wonder what it would be like to use woocommerce with um you know, uh, just digital downloads, uh, knowing that I could use it later if I ever wanted to sell T-shirts or something like that for, with, you know, better notifications for WordPress written on CrossFit um, mm. or a mug or something, a pair of socks. Um, but I, it's so, I mean, if, even if that was a thing that I wanted to do, it's so far down the line, I'm, I'm not, not that worried. Um, and WooCommerce probably, it's got a bigger user base, you know, naturally. So I think it'd probably be... Uh, better in some ways but i still think that it's better used for you know uh physical products uh over digital products and if you want to go all digital and easy to download is the is the way to go at least at least for me and uh and i really like the team and the people and you know kind of what what they're doing and how they're doing it so um you know things like that tend to influence my my opinion and kind of judgment on the products and services that i use so um that that um you know, it certainly helps with using EDD. Uh, but yeah, I think it's great. I, I think it's really good. It's it's a well-made plugin. It's got great support. It's got, um, this isn't a, this episode isn't affiliated with EDD. I just, I can't sing its praises enough really. And any, any problems that I've ever had have been easily addressed or they will be addressed. I noticed that there was a post that came out yesterday about EDD3, which I've been quite heavily waiting for because the reporting is a lot better. And mm. when it comes to, you know, running a, an online store and you start to turn over a certain amount of money or, you know, your revenue grows, then obviously having that reporting and understanding a bit more about those sales is quite important. So to see them paying so much more attention on the reporting side of thing, I think is a really fun and encouraging thing. Um, so that's, so that's good. Um, but yeah, yeah. I've you, I've you, sorry, Karen, Karen. No, I was gonna say, I saw that 3.0 uh, release post as well. And, or, you know, the, the update on the release and I'm looking forward to that as well. I mean, I, uh, Pippin Williamson and the team at, at Sandhills are, are great, and I, like as you say, their support is really, really good. Like I use Restrict Content Pro, one of their other um, plugins. 
And whenever yeah. there's, there's an issue, like, you know, next day or same day response and so easy to kind of hook into and uh, as a developer to customize. And, and also, so the EDD 3.0, I'm specifically looking forward to that because I, I, I use it for, so my wife has a, a teaching resources website, which is digital downloads of PDFs for teachers to print out and use in their classrooms and, and the parents for learning um, mm-hmm. aids. And, and so the EDD powers that. But before 3.0, the EDD data architecture, probably the same as lots of plugins out there, is heavily focused on custom post types. Um, and so that basically every time somebody downloads a product or, or one of the PDFs, there's a new post of post type EDD log that gets added to the post table. And yeah, I mean, we're not hugely over all over the, the stats to know how many people are downloading things, but you know, that just happens. And, and because it's been running for ages and a lot of them are free downloads, the amount of posts in that table of EDD type or EDD log it is huge. Mm-hmm. Um, but 3.0 is, is, basically taking all of their custom post types and re-architecting them into custom tables um, and and migrating all of that data out. And that's really exciting because if I'm working locally on um, her site and I want to pull the latest version of the database from production, I obviously want the post table because I want the products and all of that stuff, but I don't care about the logs. Like, and yeah, I can remove them but just having like as a custom table that i can just ignore completely is is so much better and and that's not even the, the biggest issue like when you're trying to do any kind of reporting if you're doing it on the orders um which are also a post type uh, like for example woocommerce has its orders as a post type if you've got a humongous post table um and you're just trying to get some data out of it then yeah it's it, it's a performance nightmare from querying from a querying perspective. So having that kind of that data that really you probably don't need to query that often in a separate custom tables is a no brainer now. So that's what they're introducing hopefully with 3.0. Yeah, I saw that and I'm looking forward to that as well. I mean, I think the BNFW site is not that big. Um, I mean, it's got far more, well, you know, it's got lots of information about customers and, and orders and, and all that sort of stuff. And, and I suppose there'll be EDD log for, you know, that's not even successful payments. There'll be like failed stuff going on in the background as well. So it has to log that somewhere. Yeah. Uh, it's not that big. And I think the database is about two gigabytes. It's massive. You know, it doesn't, yeah. it's, it's just, uh, it, it is difficult. And like you say, pulling it down to, you know, develop locally and, you know, trying to ignore certain things. Yeah, you can do that but um, you kind of need a certain amount of information there. And uh, yeah, I'm very much looking forward to that. Um, I, I did read that and they've been doing it slowly, kind of piecemeal, haven't they? I think on the, on the way to uh, 3.0, um, I think some, some information is already like that, but then this is like the big push towards all the, all the heavy stuff, you know, like um, the orders and everything. So uh, yeah, no, I'd be very much interested to see how, um, how quick that makes the site and how much smaller it all kind of makes everything really. Overall, storing the data should be a, a less intensive task. Um, and yeah, and I guess that, that goes hand in hand with all the reporting stuff. You know, if there's a, uh, you could, you'd have to run such heavy queries. You yeah. Get better, better, easier to run reports. You know, you don't want to, 
you should be able to see your last five years worth of data, you know, without it potentially crashing your site. Yeah. Cause <laughs> so, it's just uh, locking up the post table. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, no, I totally agree. And, but I mean, at the same time, I've worked on a massive WooCommerce site. Um, so this was for real world records and they have, so they're based in box just out of Bath. It's Peter Gabriel's record company. And okay. They're, I'm not name dropping there. I'm just um, giving a, a, an indication of the size of the store. So the store's really big. And the um, we had to merge two stores, essentially. We had to merge um, Peter's store as well as the Real World Records store. And uh, so you had a set, you kind of, is a slightly odd site in that you have kind of two, two different stores. Um, you have his stuff, which is just everything from, essentially his all the products stored in his category and then you've got the real world stuff which sort everything stored there and the site kind of changes its sort of appearance a bit based on what category you're viewing but um as you can imagine both both stores were big you know the real world records back catalog is enormous and uh piece of stuff that he sold you know variously over years you know uh, variously over the years you know things like t-shirts from the tours in 2002 and 2004 and things like that you've got all that stuff in there historically and you might have things like, you know, uh, downloads in WooCommerce, which people um, have access to because they purchased a CD on a tour or, you know, a limited edition in a shop. Uh, and then they have to have access to that download. So a lot of these things have to remain online um, in the background somewhere, even if they're not in use or being sold anymore. <clears throat> so uh, that, was huge that site i think there were well over a hundred thousand orders um for like a five or six year period i think it was it was big and then uh and then you get a lot of traffic as well to to that kind of thing so you know as soon as you start adding traffic to an already big site and lots of orders and everything and you know people creating orders or you know like you said like i said earlier putting in their information and failing a checkout or you know or whatever it might be, then, you know, those things kind of um, get stored as well. And, and they all start to add up quite quickly. And, you know, you have to make sure that particularly hosting is able to take care of it, you know, ignoring the whether your website can actually do it and how efficient the data is stored. Can your hosting handle it? You know, do, does your hosting give you the same um, kind of responsiveness from a logged out user as a logged in user? So myself, you know, will be querying things, looking at reports and everything. And, trying to get an idea of, of my sales where a user will want to see a, you know, a cached version of the site, but still have all that dynamic content kind of working without it slowing down. And then what if they're an existing user and they log in, does that mean their cache isn't there anymore? You know, this, I think when it comes to stores, the caching element of things is oversimplified. Um, and in fact, I think there was some really good posts on the delicious brain site, if I remember rightly about kind of caching dynamic elements and, and things from places like stores, but being still logged in and everything. Yeah, it's definitely something to 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 think about and consider um, properly because you can't just throw a page cache plugin at, at an e-commerce site because you're going to have the dynamic elements like the cart and and um, the personalization stuff. So yeah, I think it was Ash that wrote most of our uh, caching blog posts, and he did he did go into one that was specifically about yeah optimizing for for e-commerce sites or you know anything that's dynamic. Mm. yeah it's definitely something i need to look at at some point uh on my site on mm. the bnfw um store it's mostly fine but it could always do with a bit a bit more 
This episode is sponsored by Better Notifications for WordPress, a simple but powerful plugin that allows you to customize the email notifications that WordPress sends using a WYSIWYG editor and shortcodes. All of the default WordPress email notifications are available for you to customize, as well as lots of new and useful ones. Find out more at betternotificationsforwp.com. Now, of course, there are other ones, aren't there? There's not just um, WooCommerce. I always feel a bit sorry for Jigo Shop because <laughs> yeah. they, cause they're, a, I think they're like Bournemouth or Christchurch, Chichester, something, some south. It's south, yeah. South I, I, I'm not sure if Jigo Shop is the same company that was Jigo Shop when it first. I think Jigo Shop, the plugin, was owned by J- Watt, yeah, uh, which an agency in Chichester or so, yeah, somewhere in the south. But yeah. I think they they've since sold Jigo Shop the plugin, and it, okay. yeah, I used Jigo Shop for probably the first e-commerce site I did on WordPress for a client um, many moons ago. And I can't remember why I chose it over WooCommerce at the time, but there is there is the history there between Jigo Shop and WooCommerce before. Yeah, yeah, well, that, that, that's my point really. Is that the um, so I used Jigo Shop a long time ago, and I think it was probably about 2011, 2012, which wasn't that long after it kind of have come, had come out and I remember looking for a, a an e-commerce kind of solution for um WordPress because I was working with WordPress obviously I just start I'd more or less just started my business at that point and was seeing what WordPress had to offer and there was everything was horrible I mean just there were plenty of options but most things were horrible but Jigo Shop just made it really easy it was quite buggy at the time I remember um not gonna lie but um it was it was just in comparison to everything else, it was easy to use. I could see my clients using it. You know, if your clients had an idea of kind of how a store functioned, you know, and understood variations and things, then they would have got it, you know, that kind of thing. It was really good. And I did follow it for a long time. Uh, and uh, it was it was good. But then I remember that they were approached. I want to say that, I want to say that they were approached not just by, you know, uh, Woo, not WooCommerce, it wasn't WooCommerce. It was it was Woo themes. They were approached, Woo themes. Yeah, I think they were approached by Woo themes. I want to say they were approached by someone else as well. Maybe they weren't. But um, and then I seem to, and I'm paraphrasing and remembering a post from years ago here. So I might be getting this wrong, but I seem to remember that they said that Woo themes, if that's correct, were um, grossly underestimated the amount uh, of time and value that their Jigo shop had. And as such, their offer to buy it was too low, and they said no. And then WooThemes went and forked it and created WooCommerce. Mm. So I always feel a bit sorry for them in that respect. I mean, you you don't know what it's like. It could have been you, you if you'd sold it, you would have been on board, and it would have been absolutely fine. And I'm fairly sure um, that some of the developers from Jigo Shop moved to WooCommerce as well. Yeah. Uh, there's a name that keeps popping up, and I can't for the life of remember who it is now. But occasionally, when I see him, I think I'm fairly sure you worked for Jigo was before you. Is that Mike Jolly? Yes. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Like that is definitely the 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 murky kind of history, and and Jigo Shop were a victim of GPL really because they mm. Commerce or Wu Themes made the offer, and yeah, I mean that my memory of it's slightly hazy as well, but. Obviously, that wasn't good enough, and they just thought, "Well, we'll just fork the code," and, and which yeah. is legally what they're allowed entitled to do for a GPL plugin. Um, yeah, but yeah, I, mean, I am pleased that they did that. I mean, mm-hmm. oh, sorry, not pleased that they forked, but I'm pleased that they actually made an offer. 
you know, to do that because that's the that to me is the right thing to do. That's not screwing people over. You know, yes, you mm. can do it legally, and anyone could do anything like that. You know, but yeah, the the fact that they actually made an offer is is a nice gesture, I think. But you don't know the rest. That's the problem is that you don't know. You know, would you go up being greedy and saying no? We think it's got legs. We should. It's worth more than that. And uh, you know that they didn't get what they wanted for it, and then that happened. Um, did you know was was the amount too low and uh, Woo themes knew that they were on something and and offered something too low and then kind of had every intention to fork it anyway you know I'm not saying that there's a dark past to this or any you know uh, malevolent intent or anything like that but it might be that um, there's more to it and we don't know the the full story but I I often feel jigo shot because I I think it could have been um, really really good if it uh, you know um, gone kept going on and it, i know it's still out there i think i'm fairly sure it's still yeah, there but yeah. I, I wouldn't use it now just because it's just i mean i kind of i don't really know why you would if it's almost identical to woocommerce then you know i know yeah. it's it is, but you know and obviously woocommerce has now grown and grown and and woocommerce was the reason that woo themes and woocommerce was acquired by automatic so they kind of hit the big time on that and um, yeah you know that was the jackpot but woocommerce yeah. is the big biggest plugin out there uh interestingly what you said about you you still do consider if you would should use woocommerce over edd um for better notifications and stuff and i think from the experience we've had with using woocommerce and add-ons um on deliciousbrains.com that if you're using it just purely for digital downloads it's probably better to go with edd um or something else that is specifically created for digital downloads because you know when you're heavily reliant on a plugin on your site that delivers you like the e-commerce solution it's a huge dependency so when woocommerce update every month or whatever um there's that potential that that an update could kind of break your site or your customization of your site or you know because as we as i said before we've got some heavily customized aspects of um, the e-commerce side of it. So having, you know, this is a problem, I guess, with all plugins, but having that third party involved where if they make a, a change to something that impacts your customization or your site, then you kind of need to identify it and fix it. And of course, WooCommerce is is designed for physical products mainly. So that could that could be a constant area of change that could impact your site when really all you, all you're worried about is the digital side of it. So you kind of have to open yourself up to um, changes and potential problems for, for an unnecessary risk, I guess. But then, you know, saying that EDD is the same kind of a plugin that any changes could be made that will, uh, will have a knock on effect on anything you've got on your site. So, it's always that case of new version comes out, test it on staging or test it on a test site um, before you start updating on live, I guess. Yeah, no, it's true. Um, I think, yeah, you make a good point about WooCommerce. Um, I think you'll probably get a much better level of support from EDD. I've had, um, you know, experience with trying to deal with WooCommerce and uh, I don't know if it's changed because this is a while ago. It's probably the last time I, I properly, properly used it was when I did the real world record site, which was about two or three years ago, I think. 
I must have used it since then. I, I'm sure I have. But anyway, uh, that was the last time I needed their support anyway. And it seemed to be quite canned. The responses were quite canned. And I just thought, yeah. oh, I actually need some help. I need to speak to like a developer, not a front end kind of frontline salesperson or, you know, help person here. Yeah, the first um, and uh, yeah, it must be difficult. And you know, if you like yourself, if you were doing use pretty heavy customization, um, have you had any uh, experience with the support? Have you had any help with that? No, I mean we've not we've not had to go to the support of WooCommerce, but there's a few times where you know new versions have meant, and mainly major versions where I've had to scour, or previous developers have had to scour, you know, the the, the GitHub commit history and and or looking at the the more detailed developer change logs that they publish to see what's changed. Like the, there was, um, so we have a product for, so for example, WP migrate DB pro is a single product, but we have child products for each of the different license tiers. Um, mm-hmm. and we, there used to be just one function to call or to get the children of a parent. It would, um, work via, there'd be a piece of post meta, on the parent product, um, which just had like a serialized array of the IDs of the children. But that completely changed for, I think, 3.0 WooCommerce because there was, it was a many to many relationship that they allowed, which is a bit odd. Um, so that, that really threw out a lot of our code that made that assumption. Um, Mm -hmm. and even working off the WooCommerce's internal API to get the children, it, that kind of broke so we we didn't have to such go to the support and say our thing's broken can you help us but you know you have to dig deep into what they've changed and how they've changed it to then you know get your code in line with it um yeah yes definitely but then saying that like you know if i start a physical business or physical shop tomorrow woocommerce is definitely the thing that i would initially just go to because that's as you say the biggest player and um, but yeah, I mean, you know, I'm quite heavily affiliated with the Ninja forms that, or the WP Ninja guys, and they've just recently acquired a plugin, which is now Ninja shop. Yeah. Which I thought was definitely worth mentioning because, mm. well, I, you know, I've had a brief look at it. I'm not sure. Have you had a, had a look I did have it? a brief look. I, I, I listened to a podcast about it a couple of couple of months ago i think um where is it james laws yeah he's uh, one of the co-founders yeah i'm sure he was talking about it on a podcast i forget which one but mastermind effort. About no i can't remember i listened to a handful could have been matt report could have been how i built it something like that i can't remember okay. anyway so um <clears throat> uh, he was saying about it about you know he sort of bought uh, how they bought it because they were using it for like some client sites or something and uh, it's it looks really good actually. It looks very simplified. If you if you I think if you just want something really easy to use and very straightforward, and it's not going to be a huge, um, it's not going to be a taxing task to use it at all. I think WooCommerce can overwhelm you. Um, yeah, isn't powerful, but I think it could probably overwhelm you if you want to sell a couple of things. Um, and I think the same could almost be said for EDD as well. It's kind of like it's not basic, but it's not super advanced, but it's, you know, somewhere in the middle. And, you know, if you were just brand new, brand new at WordPress and all that sort of thing, I think uh, Ninja Shop looks quite like a nice fit, actually. Um, it looked quite pretty and the pricing was good. And 
you know, all that sort of stuff. It's, um, it's, it's yeah, an I, interesting. I'd like to read more about it. Yeah, it, it's yes. an interesting pricing structure. Um, and saying that, I've I have got a post on WP App Store that's yet to be published, which is an intro to Ninja Shop. So I need to publish that and put that in the show notes. Um, oh, yeah, that'd be interesting. That's quite a good tour of of using it. But the pricing is, is really interesting. And before it was announced, I was speaking to Kevin, who's um, Kevin Stover is James is the other co-founder of Ninja Forms, mm-hmm. and they like it's really different because I mean it's different to any other sort of e-commerce plugin, but it's very different to have their pricing structure for uh, Ninja Forms, which is you know a purely a free plugin with premium add-ons. But you know the, the the issue with these things is especially with shops because so going back to EDD and my plugins, I, I, I do at some point want to sell some of my other plugins. I think I've mentioned it before. Move them off Code Canyon, sell them myself. Um, and I've looked at EDD and probably the, the software licensing add-on, which I would imagine you use for better notifications. But mm-hmm. the cost of the add-ons, like, and this isn't me debating the cost versus the value, but it's a lot of money up front to pay if you, you know, if you're starting out selling your own plugins or whatever, and you, you suddenly think, well, hang on, what happens if I don't make any money and I've just out, I've just spent $200 on this uh, licensing add-on, for example. Um, mm-hmm. But so the Ninja Shop um, pricing um, different method is, is no cost for the add-ons. It's just a, it's a monthly cost. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you don't suddenly have this massive outlay initially before you even have sold anything but you're you're doing a small um small monthly fee so it's kind of almost like a shopify a SaaS pricing um and i think they'll they'll end up adding extra monthly charges or an extra percentage of revenue if you're if you're making more than five hundred dollars a month and this i'm looking at the pricing page it does look like this is kind of early launch pricing and that might be subject to change after in January. Mm-hmm. But that's interesting though, because you know, you get everything you, you know, if you want to sell through PayPal, if you want to say sell through Stripe, you don't need to pay for add-ons for those things. You don't need to like, you'll get everything. Um, mm. So yeah, it's, it's something that's. So I was just going to say, that's really interesting what you said. And I've never thought about that before, but yeah, it's starting off. Um, the outlay can be quite high if you don't know if you're going to make any money from it. From it, I mean, I, I you know, you could always argue, I suppose, that you know they price them responsibly, uh, responsibly rather, and uh, there's the EDD add-ons, and that they're probably quite well priced. But they're quite well priced if you're established. So if you're covering the costs of those add-ons through sales, then that's that's fine. Um, you know, like, like I am with you know, BNFW or something like that, they, they, they come out and I think, well, I need that to run my business and it does its job. It does it really well. It's a no brainer. But when, yeah, when you're starting off, you don't, you don't always know. And yeah, they, I think they have pricing tiers, but their pricing tiers based on the number of sites you have installed on, not how many sales you're making. So there is yeah. a software, you know, I think the software licensing add-on is about $249. Yeah. You I could definitely save money with the pro packages and things like that, but yeah, that's a lot of yeah. lot of up front. It is. I mean, if it was, you know, ten dollars, you've given them some money, they have something from you. Um, you might get a few sales, and when that changes, it's say, okay, 
you've hit your limit for the month for software licensing. If you want to go up to the next bracket, that's fine. You know, do you want to, if you want mm. the next uh, bracket, it's $50 a month for, I don't know, 50 licenses or something. So, uh, and then you can just grow it as, you know, the pricing, uh, you, you pay more as, you, as your site kind of grows and you can kind of handle it. And if you've got your pricing right, then obviously that means that that will work in your favor um, and, and those costs will cover themselves easily. So yeah, no, it's funny. Uh, there must be a reason why they've done that. I say there must be a reason why they've done that. Maybe there isn't because I think WordPress, there is only a handful of pricing models. Yeah, uh, no. And, and a lot of them have tried to move to more of a, a SaaS model, but I wouldn't necessarily say, I think the SaaS model is like everyone's dream, isn't it? It's like the thing that everyone moved to recurring monthly SaaS pricing. Mm. I say SaaS pricing, it's just recurring revenue, isn't it? Yeah. But it doesn't necessarily work for all WordPress plugins and things. And sometimes I've seen it and I think that's a really odd way of pricing that. Why would, it's almost like they read that, thought that was a good idea and implemented it rather than thinking about what they wanted to do and how they want to do it and what they thought would be best for their customers as well. Um, and I don't go wrong. I get recurring, you know, the, all the add-ons VNFW are recurring yearly payments. Um, yeah. but, but there's a reason for that. Um, I mean, my reason is, is that it's, it's, um, uninterrupted access to updates and support and you don't have to do anything. Um, and I, I can justify that. I've justified it to myself. I've justified it to, um, customers. And it's expected, but that is one of the main pricing models that WordPress has. But um, yeah, it's it, no. I just I've never thought about it the way you said it before. It's just interesting. It's, it's very interesting. I want to have a think about that for myself, actually. Yeah, I think. Um, yeah, you're right. There is that established model of like the annual charge for licenses and support, um, which is probably the only really way to actually physically sell a plugin that is perhaps license under gpl because you can't sell the code you're selling support and updates yeah but um yeah we we have a sort of an internal debate every now and again because so um migrate db pro is sold on a yearly basis with the amount of installs as your sort of licensing the differentiator between the licenses so the personal licenses on one site developer on 10 or whatever and that, yeah, that's the classic kind of site install um, model. But the offload media, which is our other plugin, is is almost on a metered billing kind of thing. So there is different license tiers, but they're based on how many um, how many items in your media library you have across unlimited sites. So the bronze license gives you, I don't know, I'm not looking at the pricing page, but say 10,000 media items. And so you could install that plugin and use that on lots and lots of sites and have all of your media library up on S3 uh, as long as it's under 10,000 and then you, you know, you'd have to either upgrade or you can't use the plugin features further than 10,000. Yeah. And, and that's always been a case, um, uh, like a debate internally because you know, you are, that's, that's probably a fairer way of doing it because you're, if a site comes along that has lots and lots of media items to, to deal with, then why should that site be the same price as another site when you're just talking about site installs? Um, and I guess the Ninja Shop stuff is, is e-commerce metered billing. So it's basically, you know, you'll, you'll get charged more 
the more you make, I guess. Um, mm. And I think I think that's fair, but it's just it's a different it's a different shift of thinking for WordPress users and customers. And I think they're yeah. so used to because we, we had the same with Mergebot. We started selling um, Mergebot. Uh, it was it was a SaaS product with a Mergebot um, with a WordPress plugin, but it was a monthly um, a monthly charge, reoccurring charge. And really, when you actually times that monthly by 12, the cost of it just came in very similar to what we charge for a yearly developer license of MigrateDB Pro. But people are so used to having a one-off, not a one-off, but a one-yearly charge that monthly just was like, well, hang on, I can't, I can't pay for this monthly. But you, do, you don't really, unless you actually say to them, that is pretty much the same as what you're paying yearly for another plugin that does similar things. It, it just blows their mind that monthly is like, I don't know, it's, it's too, it's too much. And they, they really consider it more. Um, so yeah, I don't, not sure whether or not WordPress is or the WordPress ecosystem is ready for a monthly charging thing. And it'll be really interesting to see how Ninja shop does. Um, mm. It's funny actually, cause I have considered, I know we've moved from, essentially e-commerce into pricing models yeah it's all related um but i've considered monthly um for for my own plugins before because if you've got a plugin uh, sorry a site that you only need um i don't know because i i do the conditional notifications add-on for bnfw so you can set uh okay i want to set up a notification an email notification to go out every time a new post is published but only from a certain category so the, that's the conditional element. Um, and then you can set the category or a list of categories. And I've thought, well, maybe you've got a site where you only need that for six months, but you don't want to buy a year's worth. So mm. you can make the price slightly higher. You can, you can take your, your, your yearly cost, divide it by 12, add a little bit for the convenience of paying monthly. And then, you know, they can do that. They can do that for six months. And you get a little bit more overall in that six-month period. And it's still money in your pocket, but also those people get the thing that they want as well. Um, and I never, I don't know why I haven't trialed it, if I'm perfectly honest. Um, I think it's, I, I don't know. I don't know why I haven't trialed it. It's, it's, it's something I've undenied about. I mean, ultimately, I kind of think, well, things are fine, so mm-hmm. I don't need to do that. I don't want to confuse people. Um, but at the same time, there is a there is an opportunity there. So whilst things are fine, they could be better than fine if I did it. I don't know. It depends how many people are sort of clamoring for it. And yeah, you're right. We definitely have gone into another topic. And I think this is worthy of, you know, diving into it, um, like the different pricing models and, um, and talking about it probably in the new year. Um, definitely. But yeah, because costing is, is costing is hard. Um, and it's very easy just to sort of pick a, a number and pick an existing format or a, an existing model that you know works. But yeah, I'll definitely, uh, I'll definitely try and catch up with Kevin in the new year to talk about Ninja Shop and see how that's going. Um, mm, and absolutely. I, do, I do think we should do an episode about pricing um, and, and run yeah. through the options and, and talk that would be yeah. good, yeah. And um, before I forget, I had a question from earlier. Um, on the Delicious Brain site, what do you guys use to sell your T-shirts and stuff, things that aren't digital products? Um, 
I think Brad just set up um, a subdomain run in a Shopify store, I think. Yeah. I believe. Yeah. I'd, ha- I'd have to double check, but it's nothing. To, we don't manage it in that sense. It, it's a, um, it's a completely hosted solution and I believe it is Shopify, but yeah. yeah. Well, and that's right. I mean, relatively new thing. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Sure. I don't know how you get that. I mean, I, I mean, I suppose, you know, if it's just a, trialing it thing then it might be that shopify is an easy way to go you know um mm. it, it was it was a fairly it was a pretty experience i i um i had a, an email through because i've been a, a long-standing w migrate db pro member and i had an email through to say about um the uh, i had a i had a coupon for a free t-shirt which i thought was great so i um whipped on the site and added it um and it was a really nice experience actually it was very sleek uh very clean looking you know site and um, it was really good. And I got my free T-shirt. came from um, the States, Canada, possibly. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just trying to find I'll put I'll put the link in the show notes because we are selling them as well as doing, um, yeah, that kind of give back to long-standing customers who send in them the ability to get the free T-shirts like yourself. Yeah. Which I think I went going for the... Well. Um, it's not that if you're watching the video version of this, which we will release eventually, it was kind of like a purpley version like this, but it's the softest cotton ever. I think it's the uh, W3, uh, WP Offload S3. Plugin. Yeah, or right? Offload Media as it is now. Yeah, because it, it now supports yeah. Amazon S3 and DigitalOcean spaces. I'm yeah. actually wearing the old the old branding T-shirt of Migrate oh, yeah. Pro. Very old yeah, school. My, my, migrating geese or whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, let's, I guess this is going to be our last episode before Christmas and the new year. I don't think we, well, we would due to be doing one probably slap bang in the festive season. So I guess yeah. have, have a lovely Christmas and um, a festive time and we'll be catching up in the new year. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Thanks. Um, thanks everyone for listening and kind of, yeah, just, subscribing or following us on twitter or just kind of anything you've done really just to kind of support the show and support two english guys having a chat and a ramble <laughs> um you know uh, every uh, every couple of weeks it's it's been really good and it's been really um really humbling and kind of encouraging to see everyone um just support us so far i don't know we've had anything really very negative at all and um yeah so so thank you and, and we hope you have a a great a great few weeks off over christmas and new year yeah and just final thing jack are you doing any like roundup posts for the year are you doing like a personal review or a business review um i don't think i've got time to do a business review but i have it slated for tomorrow to write my um transparency report for bnfw my plugin um i was doing them every three months but i thought i decided last year that i was going to just do them yearly uh, because I think they'd have more kind of gravitas, especially as the plugin kind of grew and is growing. So yeah, yeah so that will be out um, this week, uh, hopefully tomorrow. Um, hope it won't take too long to write and everything. But yeah, um, otherwise, yeah, no, nothing. I don't tend to have a personal blog. I don't tend to do it as kind of personal stuff. I, I'd like to, but I think probably end of year post would be the only thing that's on it most of the time. So um, yeah, I, itself. I am guilty of that. I've got a, a personal sort of journal site um, that I do a yearly um review of the of the year but it mainly is professional stuff rather than personal stuff um a little bit of personal which I, I i'll either do before the new year or very shortly after depending on time but yeah we'll post both those in the show notes i guess once once they're done 
yeah, but great. I really like doing it as a as a thing because it's just I, it's a personal thing as well because I get to read them and you kind of you do look back at previous years and think God, I, you know, did actually do a few things there because you get so caught up in the day to day that yeah. being able to to look back over even just the last year whilst you're writing the report and thinking, you know, yeah, that those are the things I did. That was actually quite a lot. And yeah, it's, it's hard to, or it's easy just to think you haven't really gone anywhere in the year, like professionally or personally or whatever, but yeah, reflecting does help with that. It so. does. Yeah. I'm always envious of someone like Matt Mallenweg who, you know, does like a, some sort of post and, then links back to all the previous ones like in succession Mm. and it goes back to like you know we're in 2018 it goes all the way back to like 2006 or 2007 or something every single year and that's great but i haven't got the uh the interest or the effort in to do that unfortunately but i bet it i bet it's great for him or or for anybody that does that to look back and and see all those so yeah and uh, and obviously any anyone that's watching as well if you do that and you want to share that with us as well please please let us know yeah brilliant well yeah thanks for listening and as jack said thank you for all the support this year and we'll catch you in the new year yeah happy christmas everyone